0: Hi, welcome to Igniting Ecstasy in Business. I'm your host and master coach, Alex Club. and I'm going to be diving into what it takes to create more success and abundance in your business while living with more joy, excitement, and passion on the journey. This is not your typical business podcast. This is a judgment-free space where we're willing to put all the growth topics on the table, and we're not afraid to address the uncomfortable or to share raw, behind-the-scenes stories to support your expansion. So tune in for inspiration, strategies, reflection questions, and interviews with world-class guests to help you elevate your business, unleash the power of your full expression, and to infuse more ecstasy into your day-to-day life. Because you deserve to live a life that lights you up inside. And there's no better time to start than right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special episode of Igniting Ecstasy in Business. I have a new friend here, Christina DiPaolo, that I'm very excited to introduce all of you to. We're going to be digging into navigating transitions, and more deeply discovering your purpose and how you bring that out into the world. So I'm really excited to get into that topic. I absolutely love that conversation. First, let me introduce you all to Christina. She is a sought-after leadership coach, public speaker, and strategic communicator. She brings new thinking to the challenge of staying engaged in the world and has supported people and organizations experiencing difficult periods of change. By leveraging tools, insights, and powerful language, Christina expands the definition of what is possible. So, Christina, I am so thrilled to have you here today and to be engaging in this conversation together. I would love for you to share with my audience a little bit more about your background and your story and why you love exploring this topic of navigating transitions.
1: Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Alex. First of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm really quite excited to be here with you. I, my background, pretty simply, I am a Jersey girl born and bred in the Great Garden State, although right now I am living in Manhattan for the last couple of years. And, and my, my growing up years actually were really quite wonderful, quite tranquil. Um, had a loving family, older siblings, my parents who really deeply loved each other. I was blessed to grow up in a in a family environment like that, and for us, our extended family meant everything to us. We saw them on a regular basis. So I pretty much moved along, and I was a studious kid, and I loved exploring different ideas, sitting under a tree with a book, type of thing, and. During my college years, I wanted to go down a particular academic path. It's sort of been advised that I needed to be a bit more practical, so I became a bit more practical, got out of college, and found that all of the expectations that I had for my life and career were really quite different, that the reality of being an adult and working on a regular basis and trying to carve out a path for yourself was quite different, I think, uh, than what I had imagined when everything was just theory. And during that period of time, that period of, of really trying to figure myself out. Um, my father uh, was suddenly retired from his company. This was back in the late 1980s. So there was much less talk back then of people choosing when they wanted to retire and how they wanted to retire and what that transition in life meant and really much more, you've worked for us for a long period of time, you're no longer needed, here's a gold watch and a party, goodbye. And it was an extremely difficult transition for him And within two years after being forcibly retired, my father died from inoperable lung cancer. And that hit at a, it was a tumultuous period for me to begin with. Um, But knowing how much I I loved and adored my father and how important family was to us, it just absolutely threw me for a loop. And my 20s wound up being a, a rather bumpy and unsettling decade. And professionally, it wasn't really until my late 20s and early 30s that I started to move into areas that I found were interesting for me versus the areas that I thought I should be operating in, the titles that I should be going for. Um, And I moved into uh, communications. And after that, I found because I was in space that was comfortable to me, that I was seeing more success. I was earning the trust of leaders, I was gaining more interesting assignments, I was moving from one company to the next, it was, it was fertile, and it was fun. Then, you know, you sort of run through this period of time of a couple decades, right, of working on all cylinders. And when I hit my early 50s, I, or late 40s, really early 50s, I started to think, what is my next large chunk if i move myself forward about a decade or so where do i want to be working do i still want to be in this type of corporate environment what work do i want to do what have i learned about myself over this period of time in terms of what i'm really good at not just what i'm studied to be good at or ostensibly good at but what am i really really good at and i started thinking really more ideation than anything else. It wasn't a concrete plan. But how do I start to move myself into space that feels more organic for me, that feels as if I can not only continue to do this work for another decade and a half or two decades, because I'm not the type that likes to slow down, but also working in space where I feel I'm, I'm really tapping into what I'm good at, what I can deliver, how I can help.
0: So there's so many follow-up questions I could ask here, Christina. But one, what really stood out to me about what you shared was that season of real unknown, of mourning, of pain in losing your father and the unexpectedness of it. And then what, what you gained from that. And I think all of us have different experiences in our lives where something completely unexpected happens or we're suddenly mourning something we weren't expecting to mourn or we're experiencing some kind of big shift or transition and all of us experienced in different ways but those those different seasons in our lives and I definitely want to hear more about what you just said of exploring and finding those places where you were really doing what you're good at and finding you know what really lights you up but before we get into that, I'd love to ask and, and know a little more about that season for you when mm-hmm. you lost your father. And can can you go a little bit deeper into how you took that experience and and created learning and growth from it?
1: I found that whenever you go through mourning, and it could be a job, it could be someone that you love, it could be a relationship, it could just be a phase in your life, that there is an unmooring for a period of time. And it's important to honor that unmooring. If you're fortunate enough to be able to give yourself that space, right? Socially or in a family way, um, or even economically, give yourself that space to not have an answer particularly for people who are are driven and people who love to accomplish and achieve. You feel, okay, I'm going through this period. I've read all the books about it. I can sort of, you know, mark out how I should be going through this period, right? The S word, the should word. And I'll give myself three months and then boom, I need to have a plan as to how I'm going to get out of it because I don't have the time, 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 time. And if you in any way, shape or form, short circuit that for yourself, it's going to come back, right? Like like it's always been my experience and my observation in others that when you're working through something, it has its own natural rhythm. And you're probably not privy to exactly what that rhythm is. All you can do is allow yourself to move through that rhythm. And even as you're getting to the other side, you still find yourself sometimes pulled back as I was getting myself on my feet in my late 20s and into my 30s. There were still things that would pull me back to that experience of losing my father at that point in my life. Um, and it was it was really hard. I I clung to relationships that were not good for me um, or you know, the the person that that I loved at that time, I bumped into other relationships, right? Hoping that, okay, this'll be the thing that'll finally get me going. You know, I made a decision um, soon after my father died, I was engaged to get married. And I thought a lot about, is this really the right thing for me to be doing right now? I was starting to have some doubts about the timing and about the strength of the relationship and all those types of things and wondering, am I ready for something like this? But I was so infused with this desire to move forward and to not upset the apple card for everybody else because the rest of the family was devastated by my father's death, my mother in particular, that I said, nope, just you gotta go forward with it. You, you can't add more tumult to a difficult situation. Hmm. So that wound up adding to that that sense that I had of this push-pull. I'm still mourning. I'm I'm trying to honor the mourning, but you know, damn it, I'm I'm now in my mid-20s and I got to go forward. Um, and I think that we sometimes kid ourselves that we control the transition when in many ways we just accompany the transition.
0: That's interesting. Will you say more about that? you mean accompanying the transition mm-hmm. versus yeah tell me more about what what you think that looks like
1: what it really looks like and it's it's interesting because i've i've worked with clients who are going through you know job transitions who have been you know let go of their company and they have a strong you know affiliation to that company and and who they are in relation to that company So to even use terms like mourning when someone is going through that process might feel a little odd because we tend to think of mourning only in in personal terms. Mm -hmm. But it it is a mourning. And you are not in control of the discoveries that are available to you as you go through that process. So that's what I mean. You accompany the transition. You don't control the transition because your view and your understanding at that point in time are limited, sort of like having blinders on. You can only see what you have seen and what you think you're seeing, where when you mourn something, it pushes you up against the definition of who you are, the definition of how you are in relation to that entity or that family member, or for me, the role in my family at that point in time, what it meant to have a family, what it meant to have a loving relationship. Um, And so I didn't know what I didn't know. And I think that that is exactly what happens to everyone else, to afford yourself that time to accompany that transition. And when you feel ready, you can then start to step
0: out of it and forward. That really resonated with me as you were sharing that. I mentioned a couple episodes ago about going through my own transition over the last year and a half, as there were a lot of things in my business I started to see were no longer in alignment with me and just things I'd outgrown or I'd been shifting and evolving so much. And I ended up releasing certain programming and client engagements and, and just different things I was working on, I let go of and was experiencing a little bit of being in limbo during that time because I didn't have everything in place to replace everything I was letting go of. But I knew that's what I needed to do to be really in alignment with my highest self and, and with who I was then. And so I let some of these things go and it's interesting. I really described it as mourning. There was this morning of releasing aspects of my identity and my ego That I was shifting and then releasing this, all these different things in my business. And there was a real season of unknown for a while because I couldn't see all of it while I was in the midst of this transition. And I think for me, at least I I really had to lean into being surrendered to the unknown and to trust and just trusting that I would eventually figure things out, that I was being supported, that all things were working ultimately together for my good and, and for me to come into greater alignment And that can definitely be a really uncomfortable space to be in. So I really appreciate what you're saying about honoring that space and giving yourself that time and not trying to force having it all figured out, but letting yourself accompany it it and and go with it and and let it unfold. And um, I find that while that can be challenging, it's also actually the most ease-filled path to getting through the transitions, right, is really being in that state of surrender. There's something,
1: there's a difference between something being simple and yet difficult to actually execute. So you can, you can see a particular path ahead. That doesn't mean though that you'll, you know, you'll just step into it without any, without any heartache or indigestion um, or doubts. And when we go through, when we really allow ourselves to go through a mourning process for anything, you're fighting against those twin pillars of safety and self knowledge. Mm-hmm. When we move away from something that is familiar, We're moving away from what is safe. Even if that familiar thing is not great, you hear about people in personal relationships and the relationship, looking at it from an outsider, you're like, my God, how can they, like, they're just miserable together. Why are they still in this relationship? And yet you realize that that familiarity is still relatively safe. Because once you step out of that, then what do you have? Then you have to sort of create everything all over again. And I think that I've observed that when we go through a, a really open type of morning, we allow ourselves to go through that transition. If we are observant enough of ourselves, we gain in a level of self-knowledge and self-reliance. That's the safety. The safety is not the structure that you're in or the things that seem familiar to you. The safety is in knowing I can make it through. I can be okay. I will know how to put myself into a better place. Um, But that self-knowledge always comes with with a
0: little bit of a price and a bit of work. So well said, Christina, as you were talking, I just, for those of you who aren't watching and are listening to the podcast, my head was just bobbing and nodding as you were explaining that. And you were speaking to my heart, the safety is found in ourselves, in our intuition, in going within and following our highest self, following what's aligned with us and knowing that we can figure things out. That's so powerful. I I,
1: Oh, please go ahead. Sorry, I think that's where the beauty of any type of meditative or spiritual practice, um, however however you choose to define it, right? It could be just I walk along the beach and this gives me a sense of peace and comfort and a sense of um, oneness with something that I am existing within, right? Uh, however you find that you're able to get that sense of, of ease and peace and quiet, I strongly encourage anyone to do whatever, however, that, you know, makes itself known to you because it's within those moments that you're able to then piece together and build that, you know, that lattice work of
0: safety within yourself. Absolutely. And will you share what your spiritual (laughs) practices?
1: I am. It's interesting. I have been actually interested in, um, in spirituality and in the in the concept of a divine entity that we are in relationship to, uh, from the time that I was a little kid. When I was a little kid, uh, like I said, I was I was somewhat nerdy. I would read the New Testament for fun, right? I I really was quite involved with my church. I was raised in in the, in the Catholic tradition, and yet when I got into my twenties, um, I kind of pulled away a little bit, came back gotten to my thirties, my forties. I actually walked away for a while. I've studied other religions, um, you know, quite interested in the Vedic traditions, um, tried to learn about other, you know, monotheist religions, Judaism, um, Islam, just because I find it fascinating to try and put some type of understanding around something that is truly not understandable for us humans, at least not at this point. Who knows, right? We may continue to evolve as a species and become more cognizant of larger forces that might be out there. I've actually recently returned back to Catholicism, but in many ways, my spiritual practice is something that I do um, privately. And, you know, I'll go to mass on a regular basis, but I i see it as a way of grounding for me and understanding for me but i've never held to the idea that i have the answer mm-hmm. right to life and my answer is the answer for absolutely everybody else and i'm not going to take in any other interpretation because somehow you know mine is best and yours is worst um i absolutely abhor that type of thinking when it comes to spirituality, because I think it, it really is very personal. Um, and it's a, a tool that can be used for you to gain greater understanding.
0: You are speaking to my heart today, Christina, ever since we met, if uh. <laughs> our listeners, Christina and I just met a couple months ago. Yeah. But we've had this deep resonance every time we connect, every time we talk. I feel like you are just speaking my viewpoints, my thoughts, things that align with me. And then also we've discussed challenges that we both can relate to. And as you said that, I thought that to me is, is the key is the open-mindedness and being willing to honor. This is what I believe. And who knows what I don't know. I'm doing my best to explore my beliefs and to connect um, to, to God or spirit or the universe or however you relate to higher power, but doing my best to connect to the divine and to, honor my intuition and who I really am, and learning as much as I can. And, and that's for me. And I think when we when we really get into that mentality of everyone has to believe the way I do, and I have to convince people is when we end up spreading judgment, and division and divisiveness. And it actually creates more separateness, as opposed Mm -hmm. to being connected to the oneness that you were speaking about very much, it becomes
1: another way to judge others. And and really, it becomes a way to put yourself a little bit higher on the pecking order, right? Mm -hmm. Your imagined pecking order. Um, When you really delve into what a lot of these um, spiritual traditions are talking about, they're challenging to the individual, right? The challenge is to you. How are you living? How are you looking at other you know, beings on in this material world? How are you looking at the responsibility that you have? I often think, you know, going into the Judeo-Christian tradition of even the creation story, right? And we know that translation of one text in one language to another language to another language, right? It's it's sort of like playing the game of telephone, right? Mm -hmm you know people try and be really really precise but sometimes words and meaning in one language don't really have an exact counterpart in another so i often it's just my own thinking i often wonder you know early on in that in that um in that story of humans being given dominion over the earth and over all the animals and you know the fishes in the sea and and all of that were we really given is is the correct interpretation dominion over something, or is it a responsibility for something? Um, And so when I think about how people use religion to put themselves into particular positions of status or authority or just rightness, right? We talked about safety a few minutes ago. I get my safety from outside, right? I get my safety from my interpretation of God um, versus this is a pathway to understanding. And there are other pathways to understanding that work for other people. And ultimately there are central themes that exist across all of these worldviews, which to me is actually kind of fascinating is that really what we should be tapping into? Or is it, you know, my God is better than your God type of thinking?
0: Right. And something I also see when we fall into that kind of judging and it's, it's down to evaluating and who's right, who's wrong. I love how you just said that about, you know, owning your rightness. And and when you get into that kind of judgment, it's keeping you so focused outwardly that you're not focused internally. And when you're not focused internally and you're judging other people and focusing on where they're wrong or what they're not doing right and what they should be doing differently. You know, I actually personally believe that this is what Jesus was talking about when he said, um, that, uh, to take the, um, the log out of your own eye before the speck out of your brothers. And as he talked about that, I believe he's really illuminating how when we're judging outwardly, we're not looking at what's going on for us internally, and we're not doing our own inner work. And the inner work is actually the most transformative and most important. And so I want to circle this back to what you were saying earlier in the podcast about tapping into who you really are and and what you want, and, and what's aligned for you, and what lights you up. And I think what you're saying about the spiritual practice is a really important piece of being able to connect to your highest self and your truth. So I'd love to now go a little bit deeper into that as well, Christina, and hear more about where you are today and the transition you made out of corporate and into to doing what you do today. And how did, how let's start here, how did your spirituality play a role in that or, or this connecting to yourself and learning more about yourself? You know, how did that factor in as you were making this transition?
1: Well, what's interesting is that as this transition was happening, so this is going back, you know, over a decade. So I, I left um, a corporate job at the end of 2011. So 12 years ago, it'll be 12 years ago um, toward the end of this year in the fall. And at that point in time, I was actually starting to pull away from the regular practice of my faith, Um, actually formally leaving my church. Um, Interestingly enough, having a conversation with the pastor in the church, and he was amazingly cool about it, because I think he understood that, you know, people go through these cycles. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said he was hopeful that we would return at some point, you know, myself and my young family. Um, but he understood it, which, you know, t- to me, that just that act in and of itself, I think, was very important for me eventually feeling, okay, now I feel like it's time for for me individually to return that sense of openness and understanding. But when I think about how that transition happened, I tend to work very. Environmentally, in the sense of I want to feel that I am working within an environment where I can comfortably be myself. And when I think about the work that I've done throughout my career, my corporate career, and, and then my, you know, my um, LLC related work, and it still is in transition. Um, I think about what are the encounters and the engagements and the actual value that I bring to people so I can explain about the skills that I have and how I do my work. But what matters more to me is how do I contribute to making an environment clearer for people or better or ultimately help them see when I think about the coaching work I do and even speaking, see what might have been there, but maybe they were unable to, to really see it before. And that ability to open the aperture to let in some more light so that people, groups or individuals can actually move forward a little bit more. Um, So for me, that transition really started with kind of having this vision of how did I want my work life to be? How did I want my day to day to be? What kinds of people did I want to work with? um it was clear that i wanted to move out of a corporate environment and go on my own so that i could work with different types of clients across the board and an opportunity presented itself for me to be able to do that and and you know to be fine financially so it felt right it felt like the merry go round was at the perfect point for me to jump on and so it you know it was it was kind of instinctual in some ways right you you plan you have a vision you have an idea and then, you know, you know. now this is the time for me to jump into that. And yet there's been an incredible amount of evolution in my work over time. Part of it because of my family. My, my kids were in middle school and late elementary school when I first went out on my own. Um, so it gave me some of that flexibility. I didn't jump in with both feet, necessarily. And actually, for a couple of years, I took a pull back because of a number of things that were happening in our family a few years before the pandemic. And this structure allowed me to do that. Now I look at what I'm doing and thinking, man, I I wanna continue to build out and to lean more into the coaching. I wanna really jump into the speaking. And the other work, the strategic communications work is still important, but My goal was always to allow that to sort of shift away and to push into those other spaces. So even within this transformation, there are continual transformations happening. And returning to my spirituality at this point in time, I think, allowed me to feel that inner safety that I really, really need in order to push now much far, much
0: harder and farther than I had space to before. That's so powerful because that inner safety, it really is transformative. It mm-hmm. is because we we can never fully control our circumstances or the events happening around us. But the one thing we can always control is our response to them, our perspective on them. And I think sometimes it's so easy to to only look at the challenging part of it. And yet I am a firm believer in the universal law of polarity, which states that everything is created as a whole. Everything physically is an equal and opposite. So whenever there's dark, there's also light to be found. When there's challenges, there's opportunities. When there's problems, there's solutions. And I think, and also this is what I heard in you saying, is that when you have that inner safety, you have even more confidence, more conviction in being able to see the opportunities. In feeling comfortable with stepping into the unknown. and whenever you're going through transition, there's always going to be unknown. And so something, yeah, that I see a lot with the women entrepreneurs in my world or business owners in my world, especially entrepreneurs who are committed to growth and development and who are continuously evolving, when you're continuously evolving and growing, then, your business tends to grow and evolve with you. You know, most of the people in my world aren't doing the exact same thing in business they were doing 10 years ago or five years ago, because as they're growing, their passions, their programming, their teaching, their knowledge, their insights are are shifting, right, and and growing. And so I, I have found myself and personally see a lot where whenever you're going to the next level, well, there's a whole new set of unknown and challenges and things to address, and then you shift and go to a higher level, and then there's more unknowns that come with that. So I would uh, love to hear your thoughts on this, Christina, and the work that you do with people mm-hmm. in navigating transitions um, for for business owners who are maybe at a point where they're where they're trying to kind of figure out what the next level is because they know that they're growing and evolving, and maybe they feel like there's room to have more purpose, more passion, more alignment, but they're not sure what that is. How would you help someone navigate that?
1: Well, the first thing is if someone is at that recognition point, whether they're a business owner, whether they are a corporate leader, whether they are someone who is mid-career, right, trying to figure out, all right, I've been doing all of this since I got out of college, and boom, now I'm at this inflection point, because we're really talking about inflection points. The first thing is if you recognize that you're at that space and it's not flowing very smoothly for you recognizing that is incredible because then that means that you're not going to continue doing what you've always done and expecting the same results. When, if we think about, you know, in, in calculus or in economics, the idea of the marginal utility curve, right? You're you you you're moving up, you're moving up, you hit that point of the curve, and then your returns continue, but they start to be diminishing returns. And this tends to be an issue in particular for people who are at Mid to later points in their career, and do they keep hanging on to what they did before? They want to still be engaged in the world, but maybe the way that they're engaged in the world should be changing for their own benefit, and and you know for that sense of newness and achievement and growing returns rather than diminishing. But you know that that first piece of transition is the recognition that you need to tr- to make a transition, right? That things are happening around you. And you can either try and force yourself against it, right? Control the transition or ride along with the transition. It then becomes a matter of, and the coaching that I do is, you know, I'm ICF certified, gone through, you know, a lot of, of coach training. Um, really approach this from the perspective of I'm not here to tell you what the answer is, I'm here to help you figure out what that answer for yourself is. But in that process, really looking long and hard at, first, let's talk about the emotions that you're going through right now, right? Are you going through some type of sense of mourning? Let's let's get that out on the table because that will be the lens through which you're going to look at any decision that you make going forward. And once there's a sense and a recognition of what mourning in a sense am I going through, then it becomes a matter of, What is it that you really like about what you do? What do you wanna continue doing? Let's talk about the other spaces that you can continue doing this in. Are there limits or parameters around how you need to do it? Do you have a young family, right? Do you need to, to worry about benefits right now? Or are you at a point where maybe that's not as much of a consideration? And really help that person think about what they love to do and what they bring at the highest level to others, because that is your distinguishing characteristic. That's the thing that people want to do business with you for, not because you're just like 20 other people and maybe a little bit cheaper, but the way that you do what you do is distinctive enough that people really find value in that.
0: I love that question. And I want to repeat it for our listeners, for anyone who is exploring right now, your next evolution, your next up level in your business, what can I bring that's of the highest service to others? Such a good question. Thank you for sharing that, Christina. And then all of the different uh, things you just shared to explore and reflect on. Um, But it's, it's really powerful work that you're doing in the world. And I really appreciate you being here today to talk to us about it. Uh, And also to get into spirituality, I didn't know that we were going to go there, but I'm glad we did. And I thought, wow, sometime I'm going to have to have you back. And we need to just do a whole episode on that because that's such a just intriguing topic to me. Um, So maybe at some point, yeah, we can get deeper into that. Uh, But for now, Christina, why don't you go ahead and share with my audience about where they can connect with you and, and learn more about what you do?
1: Best place to connect with me? is through linkedin um you can find me on linkedin i'm i'm on it on a regular basis i can you know reply to any contacts that you have um you can also check out my website which is in the process of being revamped so there will be a newer fresher funner version coming um in the next month or so but that's at
0: apollo.com great and we will drop those links in the show notes for everyone as well Wonderful. Um, so <laughs> Before we wrap up today, let me just ask you, Christina, any final thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Wow. Um, You know, I'd like to say, first of all, this has been a fun and incredible journey. Um, just speaking to you this morning, I'm you know, i I'm, I'm ending this conversation on this very hot day in the Northeast, but feeling really, really just light and quite happy. So I wanna thank you for that. And thank you for everything that you do for your listeners as you're growing your base and, and you're really making a difference in this conversation about how do you make work and professional purpose something that is joyful and exciting and ecstatic. Um, I think the other thing that that I would just you know like to leave is, again, what we spoke about earlier, that as you go through transitions, whether they are transitions that you have created for yourself or that you are openly welcoming or transitions that are happening to you and you kind of feel powerless, um, again, keep in mind that you can't really control the transition, but you can accompany it. And you can use it as an opportunity to shore up your own sense of self and that own internal safety, and be able to learn over time what there can be to learn from that transition. So, I, if anything, I would I would love to leave that that sense of hopefulness with your listeners.
0: Thank you, Christina, for everything you said about the podcast, our conversation, and also that final message. I'm really taking that away from today, that importance and pr- of prioritizing that inner safety and trusting yourself and also allowing, allowing things to unfold. So thank you for sharing that with everyone. It's been lovely talking to you today and to all our listeners, please connect with Christina, learn more about her. We'll drop those links in the show notes. And I'm wishing everyone a really beautiful day of exploring how to trust even more in you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Igniting Ecstasy in Business. If you enjoy what you heard and you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. I love to hear your feedback, your insights, questions, or any desired topic requests. You can also reach me directly through the contact page at alexpurseglove.com. I so appreciate you spending your time here with me today. And until next time, I'm wishing you a beautiful day of focusing on what lights you up inside.